Welcome to the Agent of Influence podcast with Nabil Hanan. I'm your host, Nabil Hanan, Managing Director at NetSpy. This is a podcast sponsored by NetSpy as a place to share best practices and trends in the world of cybersecurity and vulnerability management. Portions of this interview will appear in print on the NetSpy executive blog. To find out more, go to www.netspy.com slash agent of influence. This is an episode in a series of interviews with industry leaders and security gurus. And it's a pleasure to have with me today, Maor Bin. Hi, Maor. Hi, Nabil. Honored to be here. Thank you for being here. Maor is a CEO and co-founder of Adaptive Shield, a SaaS security posture management solution. During his 16 years of cybersecurity leadership, he was a cybersecurity intelligence officer in the Israeli Defense Forces and led SaaS threat detection research at Proofpoint. At Adaptive Shield, Maor helps security teams gain control over their SaaS application security and prevent vulnerabilities that could lead to a leak or a breach. So Maor, why don't we get started? Why don't you give us a little bit more background on how you got started in cybersecurity? Well, you know, I've been in cybersecurity basically since I was a kid, and I think it was coming from a place of understanding how things work. And then, you know, when you understand how it works, the obvious next step is trying to break it and then figure out a way to fix it. Do you have any interesting or funny stories when you were younger where you maybe broke something or you tried to figure out how something works? Maybe that didn't go as well? I used to, you know, turn my computers apart and, you know, my parents always, (laughs) you know, used to laugh at me that I need to figure out a way to make sure everything is in place, you know, but. uh, (laughs) Awesome. So, well, you know, recently with so many companies adopting SaaS solutions and, and software, you know, would really love to get your perspective to understand what is secure SaaS posture management and how are you guys working in that space? Of course. So I think first we need to understand what posture management is, and it's actually the process of making sure you have no security loopholes as a result of wrong usage of specific platform, usually misconfigured global setting or a user setting. When you do it manually, you also have to enrich your findings and cross-ref it with information like permissions and activities in order to get a smart decision and fix it if there is an issue. Now, security teams, they do it all the time. And with the rapid adaption of SaaS apps, they understand they also need to do it for SaaS applications. This is why, you know, a new category was introduced, SSPM, SaaS Security Posture Management. And its goal is to really make this process of SaaS security maintenance and hygiene possible, basically giving you and your organizations the tools to effortlessly protect your organization. Now, if I take a step back and think of the whole concept of software as a service, can we maybe talk a little bit more from your perspective why you're seeing more and more organizations adopting SaaS solutions today versus traditional software? Well, I think, you know, the main idea behind adopting new SaaS application versus, you know, on-premise software is because it's super easy to do it. You don't need to go ahead to your IT department, you know, run a VM or run a server or do any of the stuff you used to do. You just need to go sign in pay with a credit card, and that's it. 
you have a new application that you can go ahead and use. Do you think because of this simplicity and the way that organizations can get access to SaaS software so quickly, do you think there's a false assumption being made by the end consumer that because they're getting a SaaS solution that it's going to be inherently secure versus them having to deploy something on their own? Absolutely. And to be honest, they're partially right. I mean, SaaS vendors these days, they invest a lot in securing their environment. They also invest a lot in, you know, giving you the flexibility and security settings to go ahead and optimize it into your needs. But it's your responsibility eventually to go after each and every setting and configure it properly. So in that vein, then, why is it so challenging to secure a company's SaaS stack? I think the core of the challenge is the fact that you have so many applications out there that you need to go ahead and manage. But the challenge really begins with SaaS applications and the fact that they are dynamically and constantly changing and updating, not only by the users themselves, but also by the SaaS vendors. I mean, each application today has dozens or sometimes hundreds of security settings, which, again, it's your responsibility as an organization to go ahead and make sure it aligns with your security policy. So, you know, you have so many compliance updates and frameworks that you need to make sure the configuration is aligned with these policies. Now, case in point, as employees are added or removed, the new apps onboarded, you know, permissions, configuration must be reset, changed, and updated all the time. In fact, oftentimes, security teams has no visibility at all to what is going on in the SaaS stack, as, you know, the SaaS admins sit outside the security team. In addition, the challenge is making it a continuous process, you know, compliance updates and security configuration that must be addressed to ensure they meet industry standards and best practices like NIST, MITRE, etc. So from that perspective, then, do you have any guidance for organizations in terms of best practices that they can implement to protect themselves against any types of attacks that are because of a misconfiguration of a SaaS platform? Yes. So, of course, I think that, you know, for the main challenge, in order to really get control over your SaaS application, the first thing you need to do is get proper visibility. So the first step of securing any platform and for that, say, your SaaS ecosystem is to look for misconfiguration and remediate them properly. And by doing that, you know, you're actually reducing the risk of getting attacked. Now, types of misconfiguration that we usually see, you know, you have default configurations like legacy protocols that we usually see sharing and collaboration settings that, you know, misuse by users, admins all the time. I personally like, you know, to talk about multi-factor authentication and SSO all the time. I usually say that it's such an important feature. And usually we see lots of misappropriate usage or uh, misconfigured, you know, admins misconfigure this type of settings all the time. Another thing, which is a common recommendation that we see from 
vendors like Microsoft uh, or Shared Mailbox says that it is recommended to go ahead and block logins from, you know, users from logging into these accounts recommended by Microsoft. And we usually see across each and every account that people don't do that. So, you know, you have many, many standards and many misconfigurations to go ahead and look after. And, you know, it's going to be irresponsible to go ahead and say these are the only misconfigurations that are out there. But you basically need to review it all the time and make sure your security policies are aligned with these kind of configurations. So in that case, let's talk a little bit more about Adaptive Shield in particular. I would love to know what were maybe some key considerations when you decided to start the company and also what were some of the drivers that you used to lead to innovating in the technology space? Yeah, of course. So, you know, our CDO and co-founder, Johnny and I, we know each other for a very long time. And we also served together in the Israeli Defense Force, and we both have, you know, vast experience in cybersecurity. And, you know, we know lots of people, lots of security professionals and lots of security experts. And we kept hearing about how SaaS security was becoming too complex. You know, the last lack of visibility around SaaS misconfiguration was a top concern. And with most professionals, you know, acknowledging that we can deal with what we see, but we're scared about what we can't see. It was a strong indicator for us that an automated solution is required here. And then from there, in terms of building this technology, how did you guys figure out where you needed to implement something? And what were some of the challenges in terms of innovating to build the solution? So at the end of the day, there are many traditional SaaS security solutions out there. But with so many, so many solutions out there, we sense there is still a gap when it comes to managing security settings and supporting so many applications. And the innovation we bring to the table is being able to support any app with our application agnostic technology. So being able to support any app and support any data model is what makes this, you know, solution special and answer the gap that everybody's talking about and concerned with. Great. So, you know, I also want to talk a little bit more about a recent survey that you guys released, which I believe you call the 2021 SaaS Security Survey. Can you share with us any insights that you got from that survey or any key findings from that particular report? Sure. I think that based on the recent SaaS security survey that we did, we found out that, you know, 85% of the respondents cited that SaaS misconfiguration as one of the top three risks their organization is facing. They also responded that SSPM is a top priority for them, which makes sense if, you know, they they uh, afraid of SaaS security misconfiguration and they're going to invest it in the upcoming year. Some other interesting, you know, key findings is what we like at Adaptive Shield to call the SaaS security paradox is that the more apps an organization have, the less they check for security misconfigurations. So when a company has between, you know, 50 to 100 applications, just 12% of security team managed to check permissions, configurations on a weekly or daily basis. Got it. That's really interesting. I mean, were those things that you were expecting or were some of those surprising for you to see uh, from the survey? 
I mean, we see it all the time with prospects and customers when sometimes they understand they have a problem, sometimes they don't understand they have a problem, but what they all understand is that they have so many apps, it's really impossible to do it manually. So this is why they reach out to us in order to get a solution. Awesome. So would you be able to also speak a little bit more about the concept of secure by default and the shift away from the legacy security protocols that we're used to? Yes. So by default, there are many, you know, security protocols or legacy protocols that are out there, including IMAP, POP3, usually email authentication protocols, which eventually are being abused by threat actors to, you know, brute force accounts, bypass MFA, and basically, you know, hijack accounts. Now, these mechanisms based on basic authentication, which allows you know, attackers to go ahead and bypass modern authentication mechanisms like SSO, MFA, etc. Now, Microsoft, you know, they're doing a great job in exposing these settings to users because they want the user or the admin to have the flexibility to go ahead and say, yes, I can have these legacy protocols in place, but I also need to do some mitigations around it. Like, for example, add a second factor of authentication, like static IP address that comes with this particular service or something like that, because I can't really use modern authentication or MFA. But most of the organizations, you know, they fail in managing these settings because you have so many and you need to go after each and every user and try to understand if they really need it, they don't need it. And it's making this pattern, you know, somehow impossible. Awesome. That makes a lot of sense. Now, we always like to talk to our guests about things non-cybersecurity related and things that they like to do outside of work. And from what I hear, you have a huge love for chess. So maybe you can start off by telling us a little bit about how you got started playing chess. And then I would love to also know what is your favorite opening and, and why you like it so much. Yeah, sure. You know, I started playing chess as a kid. So no, no special story over there. But, you know, if you think or ask about my favorite opening, I think it is the Danish Gambit. I think that, you know, chess is a game that is basically based on the fact that your opponent will make a mistake at some point. And the Danish Gambit starts with, you know, losing two pawns, but when it is accepted by your opponent, it opens many possibilities for him or her making a mistake. How often do you get to play someone who has never played the Danish Gambit opening? Well, I think you'd be surprised, but... Uh... Pretty often, it's not a very common opening. So, or, you know, many people think they can accept it and, you know, deal with it. But there are so many possibilities and so many options. If you don't know each one of them, probably going to make a mistake. <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense. Well, as we have spoken before, I also love to play chess, even though I'm not very good at it. I do enjoy playing the game and, and playing against people who, who do love to play chess as well. So hopefully, you know, one of these times when we're co-located in person somewhere, would love to play a game and, and see how I do against you. That would be a lot of fun. Absolutely. We should definitely do that. Awesome. Well, Maur, thank you so much. We really appreciate you being on the podcast. And thank you for sharing all your stories and your insights today. We'll talk soon. 
Thank you. Thank you, Nabil. This has been an Agent of Influence podcast with Nabil Hanan. Portions of this interview can be found in print on the NetSpy Executive blog. And please subscribe for future episodes of Agent of Influence at www.netspy.com slash agent of influence.